Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. So I want to talk about a couple things today. Number one, how to be an effective teammate when you are in the chase group. Uh, so your teammate is up the road. I get a lot of questions about this, about what to do, what not to do. Number two, talking about going deep in the heat and how you use those matches effectively. So that then number three, how you can pace your late race effort whether you're trying to bridge or you could also consider this you being in a break. And if you're going to try and have a race winning move and take off to get away from your compatriots uh, when you're down the road and you're going for the W. So this was the Rock Springs road race, the first road race of the tour in North Georgia. Spoiler alert, came in fourth. Uh, it was about, it wasn't 71 miles. This is the entire ride. I don't break my warm up and cool down out of the main file. But as you can see, big wad day, even though trying to be as conservative as possible because my teammate Patrick got in an early break. And this is the course. Um, just wanna give some context, then we'll get into the topics. But this was a warm up. We rode down, came back up the climb here. The GPS got kind of funky. It's sort of a stair step you can see there. Um, Last year when I did this, I, I psyched myself out because I was driving up this road and we were stuck behind a race. So a car is very deceiving in how steep the roads can be. And I've seen it both ways. Sometimes it doesn't seem as steep. Sometimes it seems steeper. And last year with guys like Tanner Ward there, um, you know, some of the Kelly Benefit guys were there. There were, it was a, another year with just a stout start list. I was worried about how I would fare on this climb doing it seven times. And that's one reason why I started out, uh, went from the gun with another guy from Pioneer Mortgage, unfortunately dropped him. And I don't say that being like, I dropped him. It was bad that I, we just couldn't ride together. Um, so then I was by myself and got caught an hour later and was gassed by the last few laps. And the hill wasn't that bad. So... I was like, you know, I need to be more patient. And the heat is a huge factor here. Even though, even though the race is only two hours and 20 minutes, people are feeling it by the end of the day. And the very interesting thing is the next day you have an 80-mile road race. So if you toast yourself the first day, you definitely learn some lessons. So it's actually 57 miles. I had an NP of 363. But what I want to do is uh, we're going to zoom out real quick and show you that I'm going to break this up into, let's talk pre-race. There were a lot of teams. There were a lot of junior Devo teams, Hot Tubes, Florida Devo, um, somebody else had a big squad. Uh, we were also, Nate Brown was there and Johnny Brown was there. And so we'd assume those two guys, even though they're on different teams, and there's a big prize for the Omnium overall, they were probably going to be working together. And then they also had another rider from Moab, Cooper. So we figured those three are probably a good squad together. Um, Patrick and myself, and then I'm sure I'm forgetting others, but those are the ones that just, the point is there were teams. So we said, neither of us want to be out there early. If there's about four guys that go up the road, let's let them roll up the road. We'll wait until somebody else makes a move or we, we start getting a little bit more active halfway through. We also didn't want to, you know, show our hand of how, you know, we're usually an aggressive team. But 
in these more regional races that you get in Georgia, the competition level is high. Uh, you can't race them as we sometimes race a Tennessee race where we're going more for like fitness for to prepare for a big race like nationals or now that I'm a master's rider for the past three years, um, that that's a big race I'll prepare for or so for, for some big gravel stuff. So if you go and use like a Tennessee local race uh, as more of a B race and training through, you, you, you don't want to be sitting in. But we want to try and win this one. So immediately, like five guys go up the road and one from almost every team. Patrick sees it and I see that he sees it. He goes across to them, like just not even across, just like kind of rolls up with them. And we're like, okay. And the group is just like, just sits. Um, NGCA from Atlanta, they missed out. And there were a bunch of single riders that missed out. Um, so what do you do? How do you ride in the, in the chase group? What I'm looking for is obviously a free ride up. To be honest, I did not think that this group would stay away. I thought for sure over the course they would get tired. We'd be going fast enough. Uh, so what you want to take note of is how fast is the group riding this course at different sections of, of time. Um, there are going to be attacks. People are definitely going to start trying to bridge. People will try and bridge solo. It's going to keep everybody kind of leapfrogging each other, which keeps the speed high. And oftentimes you might catch a group down the road five, ten miles later. The, the front group got up maybe four or five minutes and very quickly on lap two, we're thinking this race might be over. And, you know, Patrick had a week off the week before. So we had talked about this and I was like, well, thinking about how I'm like, you know what though, it's two and a half hour race. He's done some long rides before. If he can stay fresh enough, he's going to be tough to beat on this finishing climb and the long drag is about a three-minute, three-and-a-half-minute effort, uh, which suits him well. Uh, I didn't know many of the other riders, these younger guys. Um, and shout-out to Hot Tubes. You guys are rippers. Uh, it's really awesome to see such young kids absolutely slain. We'll get more into that on the next day. But, yeah, super kudos to you guys. Um, I didn't get to talk to anybody from the Florida Devo team, but they had a bunch of people there. Um, I'm often very envious. I, I, part of me wishes I rode when I was younger. The other part is happy that I didn't because I know a lot of people end up quitting and get burnt out. So, you know, Hey, no better time than the present, but shout out to those teams that are, are getting out there and racing. It's really cool to see. So with Nate and Johnny missing it, I'm like, okay, this climb is going to suck because they're going to make it hard. One thing that you want to do when you are a stronger rider, you don't need to be going maxed out, but throw a couple jabs at people, soften the feel a little bit. A lot of people are going to fall off uh, just because they don't have a big enough engine. And so they did that. There were a few really big digs. I picked up one here. You know, it's a seven minute effort, normalized 515. And when you zoom in on this, it's coming up the climb. And then down and around, back up to another one. Uh, yeah, this so the elevation doesn't show very well. Actually, maybe I can get it down here when you're zoomed in on that chart. Yeah, so it's this is the main climb. And you come down, you turn a corner. 
And this was these two <laughs> massive matches is why it's 515 normalized, but still 377 average for seven minutes when you have all of this chilling time between. Obviously, massive, massive, massive matches. So keeping up with those guys, I want to stay in the front. Um, the course, you know, it's there's enough places where people are going to go bonkers on it. So what my goal is, let's get back to that. How do you race effectively in the chase? Now with six guys up the road, I'm okay with singles going off. What I'm looking for is groups of two or three. What I'm looking for is any rider that is not represented up there. Because if they go to jump across and I go with them, they're going to understand that I'm not going to work. Um, if somebody from like Hot Tubes goes for whatever reason, maybe they don't like the hand that they have and they're trying to, you know, they have 10 guys maybe um, and they just want to stack the brakes some more, then they might expect me to want to work too because I have a teammate up there and I don't really want to do that. There's only me left to try to make sure that Patrick's hand is as effective as possible, which means less people with him. We don't want more people going up the road. Do I think onesies and twosies can bridge to the six guys up the road? I don't. So let those guys go. You need to really spend your matches wisely. Now, another interesting scenario would I try to get in a break initially with Nate Brown? I'm going to pause for a second and let you think about that. Personally, I wouldn't. The reason why, when Nate goes, everybody goes. Everybody wants to chase Nate Brown. Johnny Brown, same thing. Any pro that shows up, it's just how rate amateur races get raced. Um, people with big targets on their back, you know, people know Raleigh Weaver. If he's going, people are attentive. Um, Riders like that, they have to be super patient and they have to go on only the really tough sections hoping to just be stronger and crack people. Now, if Nate is going to bridge, I will definitely try to bridge with Nate because I don't want Nate to get up to Patrick. Nate is a obviously stellar killer. We do not want him up there. So that's what you need to think. What What is your hand? What improves your hand, what weakens your hand, and how do you race so that you're effective with also thinking forward of you might be needed to do something on the last lap. If it all comes back together, Patrick's going to be smoked versus everyone who's been sitting in and like, you know, sitting in on a race like this is still riding, but you're going to have more of that anaerobic availability because you're going to have burned way less KJs. So... If you have questions on that, let me know. But, you know, I see and talk to a lot of different athletes, not only ours in Evoke, but athletes that email me questions about race scenarios and things like that. And a lot of times this is a confusing thing. They're like, they don't know, do they chase? Do they not chase? Do they follow somebody? You know, the the golden rule when you're cat five is don't don't chase your teammate. Like, don't don't try and bridge to your teammate. Um it's only get a free ride. And so there's a lot of confusion as to how to be a good teammate when you're in the chase group. And I think people oftentimes the biggest mistake is they think they need to chase everything. One guy goes, Oh, I'm taught that I have to like get a free ride and I have to like follow everything. Dude, let one guy go. Maybe let two guys go. 
two guys go and two more go, you better be on that second train because that two is going to become four. And if they have a couple guys that can shred, you better be on the back of that train getting a free ride. So this is where the thinking game comes in. This is where your assessing people comes in. Who's up the road? Who's not up the road? You know, when you're in an Omnium, the next day we can talk about some GC stuff. Like there's a point in time where, dude, I'm not in the GC. We went to do two road races. Guys that want to win the overall, guess what? You're stuck doing the work. Like I'll help you if it's beneficial for our team's goal. And that's when these Omniums or stage races get really, the word confusing can come to mind. You can have teams barking at other teams because teams don't know what every other team's goal is. You can have motivations that are very different. It really amplifies the you know, way you have to think and be on your toes. You need to have these pre-race conversations with your teammates so even your teammates know what your, your goal is. Some people might think, hey, we well, just want to win the stage. Others are like, no, dude, we want to do this and this and this. So there's that aspect. Now, talking about the heat, there's not really much I need to say except for you need to make sure that you understand you're going to have less matches. Uh, it was even funny. I w- was riding next to Nate. And he was like, oof, forgot about that heat. Like went into, a re- went into the red zone. That was a bad idea. And I was like, dude, it is getting hot out here. Um, it didn't seem horrible. I think the year before felt worse, but it was definitely hot. And that leads to how do you pace a bridge as I was coming through the feed zone the last time looked to Whitney shout out to Whitney who helped us with the feeds uh, teammate who raced with us on Sunday he was only able to get up there for the time trial on Saturday and I was like dude how's Wally doing he's like he's cracked so I'm like oh dude damn the problem was the break was so far up the road I was hoping that some people would start putting in efforts and maybe bring us back within like three minutes because once it got to six minutes up the road, I can't bridge six minutes. Nobody can bridge six minutes on this course um, with a lap to go, let's say. You know what I mean? So the hand that we just rolled was I was just hoping that Wally was able to stick with it. Unfortunately, the heat got the better of him. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to go ham and maybe we can get on the podium, uh, salvage something. And who knows? You never know what's going to happen up the road. So the race before the bridge, even though trying to keep it pretty chill, let's call it, 50 miles, two hours, chill, 230 watts. That's like super, super low endurance, but normalized power, 355. And when you look at this, the amount of time that is spent you know, above FTP is 24 minutes. So I'm a bigger dude too. I'm gonna have to put out watts to get over the climb each time. Um, even on the times when it wasn't super sendy, I mean, this was a pretty brutal one. That's a brutal one. Um, it, it's definitely taking its toll. So get the call, time to go bonkers. Let's do it. And I was waiting for... We come through the feed zone right here, and I was like, I need to go on the next climb. There's no no time to wait. And so right as we got close, we hit it, and I will zoom down here and do the bridge attempt. 15 minutes at 4.18 normalized. Um, Even better, 3.86 average, which I'm super stoked on. Uh, You know, we were almost three hours into the race. 
put in a huge dig. And the thing that I want to highlight here is I see a lot of racers when they try to get away, they, they don't go hard enough soon enough. And you need, you should be a little scared that you might blow up and you need to understand that this is going to suck. If you are doing your training workouts and you remind yourself that you are trying to ride away, I think in this case, there was at least 20 guys with us. Um, while everyone is not going to want to chase me down, there will be a few and there will definitely be a few that want to get a free ride. Uh, that's one reason why it's better for Wally to go early. Like people aren't just going to let me get in a break early on, um, in Georgia where people know who I am. It's I'm way better in a break. Like that's a good team move for us. But you can see I put in this massive surge here to get away and want to get over this climb. Everything is well above FTP and then trying to keep the Watts up on this downhill and I coast where it gets steep. This is the key point that I truly believe that a lot of people, they want to keep doing FTP, get out of sight, get out of mind. You need to crank in effort. That was a minute at 450. That effort there sets you up to, to where people really have to think now, this dude's serious about getting away. We're going to really have to chase him. Again, whenever there was an uphill, I really tried to push the power, recover on the downhill. I'm out of sight at this point, and I was flying. And I picked, I passed Wally, asked him, you know, how many guys are up the road. And he had said eight, I think it was. Um, so I'm trying to, at this point, ride that red line, feel like you're about to blow up. This is some stuff that you need to just know and train. I'm not looking at the power meter. Every once in a while, I would look down. You're riding by feel because with the heat, your watts might be off. You need to have that inner thing inside you that is telling you, dude, you're going too hard. And if you first hear that, that's like the BS alarm system. That's the like, you're about to kill yourself. Like our body's trying to protect ourselves. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're not real. It's the one in a few minutes where it's like you might start feeling that sting a little bit. If you're not using Lactigo, you probably already blew up. But it's you, you really got to learn your body. Everybody wants to just focus on the power. I mean, I'm making a video about a power file. I love power. I love power meters. But do not become a slave to it, especially when you're on an effort like this. So then, you know, this section is a solid rip here. Two minutes, just staying right below threshold. And that's just internally monitored. Um, there's no better way for me to do it. I mean, you can look at the power distribution down here. Uh, some solid surges at 440. This is actually interesting. That So I was surging over the climbs, 440, 450, really riding right around 400. Then I catch these two guys put in a massive dig, and here's the elevation of the finish. Um, at this point in time, the podium is gone. Uh, this could be a whole other podcast. The podium is becoming very commonly five people. I don't agree with that. It's three people. But, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get my best placing possible, and this is obviously amazing training. Rip this. Recover as much as possible come up and over. And then I caught the last two guys, took a dig, didn't want to blow up. And at this point, Raleigh was passing me. And I was like, you got it, dude. Like, 
I'm just going to be positive. It looked like he had it. And I looked back and the three guys we had just dropped were like out of the saddle. And I just had to, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it everything I have. And this was my last push and nearly blew up, uh, but just made it above uh, to the finish line. I don't know why that didn't just zoom in there. Oh, well. So that's kind of a good way of how you're pacing it. You're going super deep. You're riding moderately hard, not moderate, moderately hard, recover, go super deep. You know, there's a trend here, orange and red, yellowish, orange and red, yellowish. Keep it steady. You're flying because you know that you need to have more orange and red. That's when you're going above threshold. So practice this, practice going fast, practice in your group rides, put yourself out there. I know a lot of people that will... Let their ego hold them back in training because every ride, you know Christina, that you usually beat her and you don't want to let her beat you on some training rides or at the group ride. People feel embarrassed by that. I usually beat this person and they beat me today. Who cares? Great. Who cares? You can't win every time. Go and test things. Put yourself out there. Learn how to roll. What does rolling the dice feel like? If you don't practice it, there's no way I would be able to do that if I don't ride hard in certain specific training sessions. Now, that being said, you don't want to do this all the time because this is a massive aerobic effort. You need to be working the physiological side of aerobic work. But hopefully you have stacked a ton of that from your base and build period and now you're in competition phase and you're shredding. So... Um, I felt like there might've been, no, that's the three things I want to talk about. So how to be a good and effective teammate when you're in the chase, how to deal with the heat and just monitor your matches and then how to bridge or make your race winning move. This could be also, if I had been in the lead group and trying to go away solo, this is a great way to, uh, put out those Watts came in fourth, you know, great competition. I can't say I'm disappointed with it. We obviously wanted to win. Kudos for Patrick for putting himself out there, you know, knowing that it was going to be a tough day coming off vacation. It's really hard to race two plus hours um, when you're just getting back in the swing of things. So we had a blast, had an awesome time at the Airbnb, got to chill with some other dudes. Um, And so that's the recap. Hopefully you can get something from this that helps you race smarter, which will make you race faster which will then help you in your training, help you dial in specific training sessions. If you have questions, hit us up. <laughs> I just know this slog of death. That's funny. And thanks to Top View Sports. Oh, and my last thing, I, I, sh- I need to make notes for this. I'm sorry. was going through a feed zone, and I yelled at a guy because it was maybe the second or third lap. It was maybe one of the laps we were ripping it. I got nudged to the right side of the road and the feed zone is going on an uphill right before the start finish. There was a, you know, it's like the curb or the road, there's no curb. And then it's like people sitting right there at the edge. We're going relatively slow for a feed zone. I get bumped to the right. I'm like right on the right side and we're coming through. And all of a sudden this dude gets out in the road with bottles and I'm like, He's literally 10 feet in front of me, and I'm going as full gas chasing guys like Nate Brown and whoever else is trying to get up the road. And I'm like, yo, dude. And he gave me a, or what looked like as my head's exploding, like a, 
kind of like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And I'm like, move. And he just stands there trying to feed someone. You are in the road. You are in the race. That is wrong. If your rider does not know how to go through a feed zone and meet you to get a bottle, he's missing the bottle. Do not go in the road. So I actually ride to the right of this guy, nearly running over some mother and come back on. And I, the guy either yelled something or somebody yelled something and I blurted out, get the F out of the road. And I apologize for that because that is such a loser move. Uh, it's embarrassing. I don't want to be the guy swearing. Um, I have no excuse. I could be like, oh, it's the heat of the bone. No, it's like, dude, I was, uh, yeah, really dumb. So if anybody knows that person, I truly apologize. Not a good look. Not, not cool. Uh, sorry to top you sports too. I'm at your event. I'm coming. Hopefully people, I, Whitney was like, dude, I don't think it, nobody's saying anything. I don't think like people were actually kind of like, dude, why is that guy in the road? That cyclist almost hit him. Lesson learned for all of us. We'll chalk it up to that. But yeah, I don't want to be that guy. It was, ugh, rode away. I was like, Ooh, why did I, that just came out of my mouth. Not cool. Anyways, won't beat that one to death. Moving forward. Um, super fun race. And I, I hope everybody is just enjoying being back without masks and racing. And uh, I wish you guys and girls all luck with your training. Hope you had a great weekend. I'll be back with the next day's race, which is even more exciting. Um, it, it was a barn burner for sure. Have a great week. Talk to you soon.